hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I'm streaming live from the Mosaic Professional Pharmacy, my office actually. I'm streaming from my office because we are not at our regular scheduled time of 12.30 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. And why is that? Because we have an international guest on today, and she is coming in all the way from uh, Great Britain. So somewhere about an hour outside of London and super excited to have another international guest on. Her name is Carolyn Pover, and she is going to be discussing her book, The COVID Vaccine Adverse Reaction Survival Guide. So without further ado, Carolyn, welcome to our show. Hello, thank you. And tell us a little bit about your background and why you wrote a book and what the book's about. Um, oh, I have quite a, a mixture of a background, actually, an interesting background. Um, I lived in Japan for a very long time, and um, and I ran a publishing company there and um, wrote books. Oh, I can't see you on this now. I don't, I don't, is that something no, technical? I, I, I can you still see me? I took myself out of the stream so you can talk and have the floor. Oh, okay. No, oh, back in. oh <laughs> that's here. very odd. It's like I'm talking to myself. That's really oh, it's all right. Go okay. ahead. Um, so, yeah, so I lived in Japan 15 years and I used to, I'm a kind of serial entrepreneur. I used to own a publishing company there. I've written a number of books and um, I uh, own a pickle business in the UK. And, um, and I wrote this book because I had an adverse reaction to the COVID vaccine. And um, a lot of the information that I was sharing online about things that I was learning about how to manage my health and manage, I don't really like the word recovery because it doesn't feel like I'm actually recovering. It's more like healing. Right. Um, and uh, and the information that I was sharing online, I was very conscious of the um, censorship that was happening. And I thought a lot of this information could get lost. So I decided to put it into an independently published book. Um so that uh, that I could just write everything very openly, and it wasn't going to be censored. And um, and I published that on my one year anniversary after the jab. And uh, then about a year after that, Chelsea Green Publishing picked it up, and they came to me. I, I wasn't looking for anybody or, or anything. I didn't think anybody would be interested in it. Actually, it's quite a challenging topic to be writing about and publishing right. about. Um, but they picked it up and they uh, re-released it in September this year. Well, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your reaction to the COVID vaccine. What kind of reaction did you have? Uh, well, I had a reaction on the on the same day, so it was exactly nine hours afterwards. Um, and uh, I initially was freezing cold, couldn't get warm at all, uh, had tremors, and over a, a few hours, my uh, cognitive functions started deteriorating quite dramatically. And um, the paramedics were called, and they immediately said I was having a reaction to the COVID vaccine, and they said. Um, so there wasn't any question about it at all. I, I, I never. I was always described myself as vaccine ignorant. Um, I didn't know this kind of thing could happen with vaccines. Um, I was taken to hospital straight away, and they also confirmed the diagnosis that the paramedics had given and said that um, it was an adverse reaction. And in the, I suppose the first couple of weeks, there was a lot of quite violent very, very strange things happened to 
all sorts of different parts of my body. Um, and I was uh, completely exhausted, unable to, to do anything. And over um, the first few months, then it kind of developed into this, uh, the, this just inability to function. I w- was just lying around on the sofa nearly all of the time. I was in constant pain. Um, I had all sorts of different issues happening to do with the kidneys, um, neurological functions, numbness, massive increase in migraines. I used to get migraines maybe two or three a year. Um, these were coming every day. At one point, I was taken back into hospital um, thinking that they uh, thought I'd had a stroke. Um, there's lots and lots of very, very strange things happening. And this went on for months until I accidentally discovered therapeutic phlebotomy. And from that moment, that was when thing I started having a, a little bit of improvement. But it's been up and down. It's taken two and a half years for me to, um, to for my symptoms to become manageable. And it's a constant effort every single day. So I, I've basically never recovered. Um, and t- this was after one shot, correct? One, yeah. And tell me about the phlebotomy procedure that you had. So I, I still do this. So um, therapeutic phlebotomy means basically removing blood for some kind of benefit um, for the body. And I discovered after um i had a whole load of blood tests done and when the blood was taken out i just i felt the best way to describe it is i felt lighter cleaner and brighter and something it just felt like it had been taken out of me and and then my brain could function i had more energy my um it it wasn't just a physical improvement there was an emotional improvement as well actually it was quite amazing. And from then on, I then started regularly doing that. And I had it done privately, um, where I would have somebody come to the house and remove a pint of blood uh, every few months. And then I would kind of have a little bit of a window where I could function for a while. And then I would gradually deteriorate and have it done again. So it's this constant cycle. And then after about a year of doing that, I then started having less out, but more frequently. So on every two weeks, um, I have a, a small, much smaller amount of blood taken out. And I've been doing it ever since. I still do it now. And do you think there will ever be a time where you don't have to do that? I don't speculate. To I kind of take one day at a time. Um, I don't think ahead too much. I just think about what, you know, what's going on at the moment. And so I, I don't, yeah, I don't really think think i think i spent quite a lot of this as a lot of other people who are vaccine injured have um you spend a fair amount of time literally going to bed every night not knowing if you're going to wake up and the um the psychological and emotional impact of having these very strange things happen to your body very suddenly and not being able to function in the same way that you used to um plus the toxic social culture around vaccine injury. All of those things are really hard for your mental health, really difficult. So um, you, well, I have managed throughout it to get to, I've made a real effort to try and control where my mental health might go. Um, So one of the things that really helps me is not thinking too far in the future and not worrying um in the same way i'm kind of not i I don't kind of have an optimism i don't have 
I'm, I'm not pessimistic. I'm, I'm a bit realistic, but I just try to focus on what's happening right now. And just take it day by day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Were you mandated by any way to get the vaccine? Or it's not no. really a vaccine, but... No, no. Um, no, I wasn't, actually. And the, the reason that... Um, the, uh, in the UK, we did have... They said that it was never mandated, but there are people who were very much um, pressured to have their, have it or lose their job. So, it, you know, I don't think legally they've, they've ever said it was mandated, but in reality it was right. for some people. Um, and, uh, no, the reason that I had uh, the jab was because for um, since 2011, every year I've been returning to Japan where I used to live. Um, I've been going there for at least a month every year, and I've been helping a community that um, survived the tsunami in 2011. And I've raised a lot of money for them, and I've managed projects for them there, all on a voluntary basis. And the, the people there have become like family to me, and they went through their own trauma. And when something like that happens, people often come in at the beginning and they want to help, but pe they get forgotten over time. Yeah. And I kind of made a promise to myself I would not forget them and I would always go back. Um, so I was very keen that I hadn't been there for a couple of years because, you know, you couldn't travel. And I was so keen that as soon as that f flight opens up to Japan, I, I want to be on it. And I assumed, mistakenly assumed, that I would need to be vaccinated to get on on that plane. So that was the reason I had it. I wasn't, it wasn't anything to do with COVID for me. It was about getting back to some people that I, I care very much about. So... And then, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go. So, have you been back to? Have you been back to Japan since? I'm not well enough. I don't. I don't go anywhere. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, I. That. That's really no. It's okay. Um, it you know, it, it's it was really difficult to accept. Um, but uh, I, you know, that's oh, my light's gone just then. Um, but you know, you you find. Well, I, I find ways to have life, you know, have meaning in life anyway, even though I'm not able to go there. I think something's wrong with my light here. <laughs> good for you, is it? I'm sorry. That's all right. I'll plug that in there. Um, otherwise, I'll have to move. Now, let me see if I can do something else. You bet. Yeah, that might be. How is that? That's that good. That's good. We can see you fine. Okay. Um, yeah, so no, I, I don't, I'm not really well enough. The idea of traveling is, is really, I mean, I can, I can be in the, if I'm in the, um, we have a van, if I'm in the van for a couple of hours, then I, that will, I will pay for that. I'll be exhausted. So the idea of traveling halfway across the world, um, isn't at the moment. Unfortunately, that's not an option. So how soon did you start writing the book after you had an adverse reaction? Um, it was probably about six months when, when I started writing it, it was when one of the support groups that I was an admin on, it was an international support group and it got shut down. And that really 
worried me. I, I didn't really think that, you know, I thought we had freedom of speech and, and obviously we don't yeah, right. we know that now. But at, at the time I was, you know, I was really concerned about that. And I was concerned about people losing access to their support network, but also to information that could help them. So I, and I'm sure that group was shut down within a few months. So perhaps about six months. And I, I wrote it. And as I was writing it, um, I sent out free drafts to anybody who wanted them, who, who um, were vaccine injured and they wanted it because it felt, I mean, to be honest, as I was writing it, I didn't know if I might, if I was going to survive. So I thought I, I, if something happens to me and I've written this and people could benefit from it, I want to make sure that they've got it. Right. And it also kind of felt morally a bit wrong to potentially have information that could be really helpful to people but to just wait until you know the book was completely finished so so I was sending it out as I went along so tell us a little bit about your book is this survival guide is it more about your personal experiences your personal experience or is it multiple people's personal experiences because there's so many you know we've interviewed all kinds of vaccine injured people and um you know the treatments are different depending on on the symptoms so tell us a little bit about you know, how your book goes through that. Yeah, so um, it's not about my experience. I mentioned some things um, in it and the introduction because people always want to know actually what happened to you then. So that's um, got that in there. But the book itself is not about my experiences and it's not about saying this treatment will work, this will work, this will fix you, this will that, this will that. It's not like that. It doesn't make any promises at all. And I think that um, what, what happened, what, tends to work for some people might not work for others we're also right. completely different and um and i think often that's what's missing in conversations about what is helpful for the vaccine injured um i see a lot of people saying i mean practitioners when i say that um, people i see a lot of practitioners saying you know this is what you need to be doing this protocol will We'll get, you know, we're getting success from that. But the vaccine injured themselves are not talking so much about those protocols. We're all doing something a bit different. And um, it, there doesn't seem to be one clear answer uh, or one clear protocol that's going to magically restore us all to what our lives were like before. I don't know anybody who's completely recovered. Um, so what my book does is give you a framework for um, managing your own recovery and it's because all the information out there is so overwhelming this is a way of keeping it very simple keeping track of things that are working for you um, taking care of the you know the really important things first of all like sleep and then about nutrition and then um, uh, talking about how do you manage symptoms so when you have so many symptoms how do you manage all of them I had over 40 symptoms and that can be really overwhelming in itself so it's about giving you a way to okay I want to look at that symptom what's everything that I can do for that symptom and how can I track how I'm going with that um and then and it's got there's a there's a chapter on um consultants and this is something we all agree upon a lot of the consultants that you see aren't necessarily educated about vaccine harm um and a lot of them aren't willing to talk about it at all. So how do you manage those kinds of situations? Those are the kinds of things that are common to all of us. Um, and then there's a chapter on connections, which, again, is something that we're all having to deal with. Um, so it's not it doesn't pretend that there are any easy answers. It's 
it's about giving you a way to take control of your health um, and to take control of your if you want to be looking at it in terms of recovery or if you want to look at it in terms of healing it's a framework to help you do that it's very simple um because often health books are really big long complicated yeah. books which is the last thing you want to be reading when particularly when you've got cognitive issues um so the style of it is is um in a very simple style and it's supposed to be kind of warm and friendly and encouraging without making any false promises and so are you active in any like support groups uh, um currently yeah, so um, I'm uh, an admin on UKCV Family, which is the largest support group um, in the UK. We have about tw- over twelve hundred members at the moment, and I'm. Will you, will you repeat that, please? UK. So, if you're in the UK, the biggest support group in the UK is called UKCV Family, oh, and okay. there are over twelve hundred members, and um, we have a bereaved group. A smaller bereaved group and then we have a, a group for people who are caring for vaccine injured as well but the main group is there's over 1200 vaccine injured in that group so um yeah so i, I i'm uh, an admin on that role. i'm quite active in that group um and i'm also on the um on react 19's global coalition so i'm right. one of the uk representatives on there now what are your thoughts about how we're moving forward with this i mean you know, the COVID vaccine, and, and, I, and I use that term very loosely, vaccine. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, the COVID-19 vaccine is on the childhood vaccination schedule now in the United States. And so many people like yourself have been injured. I mean, how, how do we change that? Um, well, I tend to focus. So when, you, when you're talking about the COVID vaccine, there's... A, there are a huge amount of topics that are either directly or indirectly related to it. And it can be very easy to get pulled into all sorts of different conversations about that. What I tend to focus very much on is about vaccine injury and about how you provide support for people um, for that. So um, for, I mean, if, if, if we're going to continue giving anybody vaccines or whatever, if you want to call it a vaccine, or, then there has to be something in place to take care of the people who, who are harmed by it. That's, there's no question about that. People have been completely ignored. Um, they've been abandoned. And it's not just about providing medical help. It's about providing medical help, financial help, emotional support. And it's also about changing the toxic culture that surrounds anything to do with vaccines on both sides, actually. It's really toxic because we've been in the middle of it all. And we've had we we get it from both from people on both sides whatever their beliefs and it's totally toxic and it doesn't make any situation any easier for um, doctors who want to be able to provide support but feel that they can't talk about it in their work environment or family members who don't there there are people within our community who aren't even supported by their families so that there's a lot of change that has to happen Um, And not necessarily, this isn't just about the COVID vaccine either, all vaccines, there are people who've been damaged by vaccines um, way before this. And there's been, they've been asking for help for a a very long time. Um, And that needs to change. 
Yeah, it's definitely a toxic culture, and, and, and I will agree on both sides. Um, but the question is that there's so many people being injured. Um, you know, why do we keep giving them? Um, what is the, you know, benefit to risk ratio? Uh, you know, um, there's never been in the United States a placebo, a double blind placebo controlled vaccine trial to show the vaccine actually, um, you know, is beneficial. So, you know, we get, we have to have these organizations start being more transparent, transparent about their studies and be accountable or responsible for any um, adverse reaction that comes up in the United States, they are immune from the, the drug companies that make them are immune from any liability um, from injury. If their vaccine causes an injury, I, I, that's a problem. That's a red flag already. Same here. It's a very big problem. There doesn't seem to be anywhere that you can go. And when, um, w well, I've contacted AstraZeneca myself when I first got injured and there's absolutely nothing. And they, they literally just say, it's not our responsibility. It, talk to your GP. That's all anybody says is talk to your GP. And the GPs don't know anything either. They're not reading up on the on the statistics. They're not reading up. on. They haven't read the trial data. They're, they're not aware. No. So um, there is nobody that you can go to. Uh, and, yeah, it's the same here. The, the vaccine manufacturers all have it, um, indemnity here. Interesting. I, I, that's a red flag already. Not in, in any other industry, I, I don't know of any other industry where – um, there's indemnity for liability of a product. I, I can't. You know, I have a food business, and we have to have insurance. And if something happens to somebody as a result of one of my products, then I'm liable for that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, as we wind this podcast up, um, Carolyn, what do you have a passion for? Oh, what an interesting question. Um, <laughs> I, do you know what? I'm passionate about a lot of things. So I, anything that I kind of set my mind to, I, I'm going to be passionate about it. I put 100% into it. And actually, that might even have been one of the reasons why being injured has been so difficult, because I haven't been able to put 100% into anything. Um, but I love, uh, I, lo I love, and I love my business. I, you know, when you've been self-employed, self-employed, when you set up your own business, you do it because you love what you do. Right. Um, and entrepreneurs are always in love with what they do. And and I've, I've, it's been really hard not being, you know, being able to do that. But I also love get, getting into that world where you're writing. So I have a lot of different passions that um, I've turned into my life, I suppose. So, awesome. yeah. so and I like um I, I I've always been like this. I, I um I don't like to think of people in pain. Um so I become passionate about then supporting them. Um so I suppose there are yeah, pickles publishing and helping people in pain. I suppose that those would be interesting passions. Yeah. You know, one thing you said earlier and I kinda wanted to go back on it is you know, about your book, you make it simple. And we, we talk on our podcast very often about, you know, health, don't make health at all. Health in general doesn't have to be complicated, whether it be our diet or whether it be our sleep routine, um, whether it be our exercise routine. Um, don't make it complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just be consistent about it. And I, I so I appreciate your approach like that, because whether you're vaccine injured or just trying to be overall healthy, it's the same concept you know, be consistent about, um, 
you know, eating healthy and um, exercising or moving, sleeping right. It, it's, it's basic principles. It doesn't have to be super complicated. No, and I, I, some of the books that I was reading when I was I was learning about things that I could do, they they were just so complicated, and they they seem to be quite good at making you feel like if you don't follow this perfectly, yeah. then you're you're not going to get better. So right. then you feel like okay, it's my fault then that I'm not recovering as, as quickly as I would hope to, and I I did I didn't want anybody to feel remotely like that at all. It's really hard. This is really hard, and it's not like a normal illness because you have all of this toxic culture around it all as well it's a very different unique kind of illness i think um but yeah it need you need it needs to be simple straightforward you need to feel um right i've I've done something you know i'm helping myself and you don't need somebody talking at you making you feel guilty for not doing absolutely everything that, that they're telling you to do right so i'm streaming your book tell us about your book and why people should order it so um so i wrote it i think you've got that's the um that's my edition if you click on can you can you see underneath there it says there's a newer edition of this item are you live clicking on that now yeah oh there you go yeah is that better yeah so that's the copy that um is available now so um if you're vaccine injured this is vital obviously um if you're caring for somebody who's vaccine injured um, this will help you help them better. You'll have a better understanding of um, of what they're going through and you'll perhaps be able to help guide them through the book as well, actually. Um, and if you're a healthcare practitioner and you have any vaccine-injured patients at all, then this is re- also really useful. And you can um, you could almost design your healing um, treatments with them around this. So if you're, yeah, if you're, um, if you're in, injured, caring for somebody who's injured, or you're a practitioner, then I would really recommend it. And I have had people saying that um, they've used it for other um, conditions too. So people with long COVID might find it useful. Mm-hmm. And um, I even had somebody, uh, somebody who's recovering from cancer, they used it and said it was helpful. And, and a friend of mine, she bought it for her daughter who was getting divorced because she wanted her to spend some time really focused on recovery. So um, it, it's been nice to hear, actually, that it's been useful for other conditions, um, not just vaccine related. Well, and again, just like we were just talking, it's basic principles, sleep, diet, movement. I mean, they're all the basic same principles when it comes to healing. Our bodies are all at all or just um taking care of our bodies or improving our, our health, our health. That's right. So Carolyn, I appreciate you being on today. You, you've helped us realize our goal, which is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. So um, let's stay in touch. And I appreciate you being on today. Thank you. You're welcome. And listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune in to our midweek podcast Thursday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We will see you all later. Thank you. 